right, Amy, what did we just watch? We just watched the Hatfield and McCoy Dinner Feud. Dinner theater show. Christmas show. The Christmas show in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Yep. It's a live show, not a movie. (laughs) And we we saw the Christmas show before Thanksgiving because... Christmas starts after Halloween. I think I think that's the new rule that's in place. I mean, it certainly felt like it when we were in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, uh, which we went to not specifically to see the Hatfield-McCoy Dinner Theater Christmas show feud, but um, we saw that in addition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was certainly an experience. Yeah, it was. What did you think of it? Um... I had fun. I'm glad we did it. Good. I think I was more fascinated by the logistics of getting all that food in and out (laughs) to the people. (laughs) And, like, how much food it is and how much food waste there must be. Yeah. Um, The show was also good. (laughs) I I don't know why. The logistics of the food were fascinating, and the show was fine. The, the, The show was fine. It's, I mean, it's not... Broadway level, um, but I think the cat sneezed into the microphone. Oh, good! It, we it got a little a little cat sneeze, <laughs> a little bonus cat sneeze yeah. there. Um, so you're with us. The show is fun. is about sixty minutes long, which I think was just long enough. Yeah, it for didn't need to be longer. All of the other things. Yeah, and it is happening. So it is a dinner show. So you get dinner. Along with your show. Yes. Except yes. you don't get dinner during the show. Yes. So the way that it's set up is you go in, you have assigned seats and assigned tables based on how many are in your party when you buy tickets, mm-hmm. I would think. Um, and so we were at a two-top because mm-hmm. there were two of us. And um, they immediately get your drink orders and bring you... They pour you a bowl of soup. They pour you a bowl of soup. Which I... I have to say, I thought it was fascinating because it was in like... Like a coffee... Like a coffee... Craft. Craft, that's right. <laughs> but it was full of soup. It was full of soup. Um, and it was clearly from a powder mix because it tasted powdery. Yeah, also the powder mix was available for sale yeah, in the gift shop. Yeah, I did see it at the <laughs> gift shop too. And um, it was very salty. It's still had a nice flavor. I drank all of mine um, for the experience. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is is clearly from powder. This is clearly a box Um, mix. And they bring you a bucket of chicken and a bucket of mashed potatoes and a bucket of corn and a bucket of pulled pork and a bucket of coleslaw and some rolls. Um, And it's all you can eat. Although you can't eat that much of it. (laughs) No. Which is why I think there's so much food waste, too. Because people order more and then they don't, mm-hmm. they don't eat all of it. Yeah. Um, so this is all happening as people are coming in and being seated. They're mm-hmm. super efficient. They're just pouring out it food. Is unbelievable how efficient they are. And it, I mean, with a show like this, because there's not a menu, you don't have to take orders. You literally just need headcounts. Mm-hmm. Um, like allows them to be that efficient. Because you know, there's a guy back there just frying every piece of chicken, just just frying yeah. them all day, and same with the mashed potatoes, we're just making them all day long. 
Probably powdered mashed potatoes, if I had to guess. Probably frozen corn. Yeah. Um, That was another thing I was thinking about, of being, like, a cook and, like, making this food, uh, giant amounts of this food every day, and how boring that must get. Yeah. Um... I mean, I bet after a while you don't see it as food anymore. It's just mechanics. Yeah. And then the waiters would come by with these trays stacked with the used dishes. Just, like, so many dishes on the tray. Yeah. And they're walking in what's already a traffic zone of of guests coming in. Mm -hmm. And the fact that nobody fell down, Mm -hmm. nobody dropped all those dishes was impressive. I, I know it's it's happened. It must have Absolutely happened before. Um, yeah, and so we got we got there at the recommended time, which was 45 minutes before the show was to begin. Mm-hmm. So we had plenty of time to eat our meal before mm-hmm. the show began. It turns out the show began, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes after the scheduled, ticket the scheduled time. time, which I'm sure is intentional so they can get... Yeah. Everyone fed. Get everyone in, get everyone fed. Um, it was not a full show, but it was hardly empty, because we went on a Sunday afternoon. Um, their Sunday matinees, probably their least visited show, we suspected. Yeah, yeah. Um, their normal shows are at 5 p.m. and, and 8 p.m. And one, I like matinees in general better yeah. because I get really sleepy at night, which then makes me grumpy, within, which then makes me hate whatever show <laughs> that I'm watching, and that's through no fault of the show. It's it's all on me. So I do like matinees. Yeah. Um, plus, I didn't want to drive on the road to our cabin which in the dark. very scary. Because it was, it was a bit scary. So um, we went to the matinee. It was, well, I would say it was maybe half full. Yeah, I would say probably half full. Um, which is not bad as far as those things go. Um, I think the downside to going to matinees is you get a lot less from the audience. Yeah. Um, and so the performers feel that, and so you don't get quite as much from the show which mm-hmm. is a bummer because like i said i really like matinees yeah the time of day i was wondering them. and this there there was no way for me to tell this one way or the other i was wondering if they have multiple casts for the show mm-hmm. um, because they're doing two shows a day all the time two to three shows a day i think um and it is, I mean, it's an hour-long show, so it's definitely doable, but it is also a lot. Um, so that's just a thing I wonder. I wonder that, too. And at the beginning, right before the show, they did kind of the credits on the mm-hmm. screen. Mm-hmm. And there seemed to be a lot more performers credited than were in yes, the one show I noticed that we that saw. As well. Which, I mean, I felt like... Give me a QR code, folks, so I can so I look at, at the program. program yeah. yeah, and give me some, I don't know, maybe they have a program that they sell in the gift shop. Probably. That, that um, we did read the text of the, of the program and, you know, experience it dramaturgically. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me who's in the, yeah. all the, the cast people, um. Yeah, I was surprised, uh, even though it moved fairly quickly, 
Are you ready to start talking about like the actual mm-hmm. experience? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got our food. Um, one thing I've ever done is like there was a line to check in that was longer than I anticipated. Um, although I realized that part of that was because they take everybody's picture. It's part of the so experience. They can, they, can, they can charge you twenty to forty-five dollars to buy pictures, which we did not purchase because um, they're just in front of a green screen. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. no, nah, I'm good, thanks. Um, but they did get you in pretty effectively. Well, and the performance of it is they have you meandering, the line meanders through the gift shop so you yeah. can look you gotta see while you're waiting to get your photo that you can buy mm-hmm. to go in yeah. to see the show. And while we are not the target audience for this production, I'm pretty sure, and for this experience, I can certainly see why it was structured the way it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. And then there was sort of, there was a bit of a pre-show, which was kind of fun. They came out and sang a couple songs. There was a bass and a banjo and a singer slash washboard. Yeah, except she wasn't actually playing the washboard. No, she was moving her fingers along it, but it wasn't... I hated that so much. (laughs) Wasn't meant to make any sound. Yeah. Um, Well, they had, I think they had a washboard track playing. Oh... Um, they had some sort of a percussive thing mm-hmm. in and along with the bass and the guitar and the banjo, but it was not her playing the washboard, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. which didn't bode well to me. I'm like, we can't even get a real washboard on stage. I'm like, are you really trying? I think later in the band there was an actual washboard. I would believe that. I. I I'm saying that because I think my expectations were, were not high to begin with, but were set lower by that and were later exceeded. I think a lot of mm-hmm. the rest of the stuff that they did was was impressive, mm-hmm. um, technically at least. Um, they also, I think, and a thing that didn't, that I didn't know but was also unsurprising is they had ads for the other two major dinner shows yeah, that was Forge. interesting. So we guessed maybe they're owned by the same company, yeah. uh, run by the same mm-hmm. corporation. Which we did not see, but they had... The Dolly Parton Dolly Stampede, Stampede. Um, and the Pirates show. And the Comedy Barn. Oh. I forgot about that one. Oh, yeah. And the Comedy Barn. Yeah. Which I think there's also a pirate show in Myrtle Beach. It Pigeon, looks like Pigeon it's the same. Forge is the Myrtle Beach of the mountains. <laughs> what a description. Take that as you will. <laughs> it is very touristy. Yeah. And it's full of just I over the top uh-huh. cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Buildings and performances and, yeah. and things to do. Yeah, it should be noted that the Hadfield and McCoy Dinner Theater is situated between the Titanic and an upside down museum. <laughs> like, that is literally where on the street it sits. Well, and the facade of the outside of the building is made to look like several kind of ramshackle rural cabins. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not subtle. It is cartoonishly large yes. and cartoonishly detailed. Yes. Um, and it's kind of ridiculous in how all of that is. Mm-hmm. 
also at the top of the show when they were showing the advertisements, they had the I was say the host, but the the guy that come out to give the curtain speech mm-hmm. also did a quote unquote unscripted commentary on the video. Yeah, that was so scripted. <laughs> That made me laugh. Yeah. Um, not the I, jokes that he was making so much, but like the structure of, oh, we don't have audio for this, so I'm just going to talk over it and pretend like I haven't seen it three times a day for the last six months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, some of the jokes were good. I did laugh at some of the jokes. I laughed a lot of the jokes over the course yeah, of the Yeah, there were a lot of like crony... Crony. Corny? Corny. That was the word. Okay. Corny dad jokes. Yeah. Or the gender neutral grown ups. Uh-huh. Grown ups. Groaners. Uh, uh, and I laughed at a lot of them. I, I laughed at some of them that nobody else laughed at. I was also laughing at, at things. Well, maybe it was just the, the audience. I didn't hear them laughing. At the them. audience was so dead. Yeah. They were not clapping along when you were supposed to be clapping along. Yeah. They were not laughing at jokes. They were not always applauding after songs and dances. Yeah, it was it was a rough crowd, which uh, does reflect you know, the the performers reflect that back to you, mm-hmm. um, which makes it difficult. Um, we also that was the, also the first time we were told to tip our waiters was in the opening bit. Um, what did you think of the whole of the show? I mean, I found it enjoyable. It was about what I expected for um, a dinner theater show in Pigeon Forge about the Hatfield and the McCoys. It's not mm-hmm. a strong like plot. It's more in kind of it has a plot that that strings everything together, but it's largely a variety show. Mm-hmm. I would call it. Yeah. Um, I thought some of the performers were better than the others. Um, a couple of the women had really nice singing voices. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed the clogging. Yeah. Because you don't see a lot of clogging. And it's very, like, atmospheric and historical to East Tennessee, Southern mm-hmm. Appalachia. Um, uh... I was really fascinated by the pool that comes out in the middle of the stage. Like, where does that come from? How does that fit into this show? I think I think they just decided to have it because it would be cool. Um, and having the divers... Uh, divers is a really generous, generous word. <laughs> the jumpers? The, the jumpers off of diving boards... Into um, the pool mm-hmm. in different. Um, uh, one of the people would would call it the shape they were supposed to take. Yes, they were all variations and kind of a cannonball. Yeah, they were all variations on jump and contort your body and fall into the water. We're not talking about Olympic style <laughs> diving where you twist and turn. No, um, not. This is something that... It's not gymnastic. No, no. Um, and and then, so you get the the human beings jumping in to this pool in the middle of the stage. Mm-hmm. And then, 
the dogs come out. And they jump onto the pool. And they, you know, the human handler throws a toy into the um, pool and the doggies go jump on it and they have their own little ramp that they, yeah. they come out of the water and then they come up and they... Do it, again. do it again, and they had two little doggies, not so little, like lab, yeah, lab kind of dogs. Um, jump in the water, jump, jump in the water. The rough storyline at this point is um, the Hatfield McCoy's both make uh, excellent moonshine, and mm-hmm. they attribute it to the water, and they get the water from the same river. And there's dispute over who owns the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and the divers are going to are investigating the water to figure out who owns it. Yeah, and if that doesn't make sense, that's okay because it doesn't make sense <laughs> in the context of the show. It was very clearly just there, so you could so have a pool could on have the stage. A water section, and and um, I. Have never seen anything like it on stage. Um, I mean, there's a Cirque du Soleil show that takes place. I, in yeah, the water. I should have caveat <laughs> that I know that they these types of things exist. Yes, on stage. I've never seen one in person either. But I've never seen one in person, and I was entertained. Mm-hmm. Um, it may sound like I'm... I don't mean to t- talk down or condescending about it. I was entertained. It doesn't make much sense. It wasn't supposed to make much yeah, sense. It is. It it's, is that's the style of theater we're, we're doing here. Yeah, it is absolutely... We talk about, you know, does it accomplish what it sets out to do? And I will say, with all support I can muster, that the Hatfield and McCoy Dinner Feud Theater show sets out to accomplish exactly what it accomplishes. <laughs> It is exactly the show it is trying to be. (laughs) That's sometimes the highest praise I can give something. um, That it knows what it is, and there's there's dogs diving into a pool on stage. (laughs) I haven't seen that before. I know it exists out there, but I (laughs) hadn't seen it before. It definitely makes me think about, like, the logistics of having a pool on stage. And particularly, like, hey, we've got this, we've got these diving boards, we've got these dogs, and it's for one scene in the mm-hmm. entire thing. Like, it's not a show built around it. It's like, we're going to do one bit. Um, which is also how I felt about the swing ropes that we see on stage. Yeah. For the entire show. Like, they're visibly there. Um, one guy swings off of one towards the beginning. Um, and then nothing happens with them until the finale, when two gymnasts come out and twirl on them for 30 seconds. Yeah. And then leave. I know, I kept thinking of the logistics of that, of how, oh, uh, you gotta be a performer, you gotta be there for a couple of hours just uh-huh. so you can come out for 30 seconds and twirl. And do one trick. Um, <laughs> it's cool trick. It's a good trick. They're very good at they're, it. They're, yeah, it's cool to see aerialists. Yeah. Um, but, like... Oh, we brought aerialists out to do exactly one trick and then leave. Well, and they're also not in the rest of the show. Yeah, they're not cast members in the sense of, like, the Coggers who are there the whole time or the named family members. These are just extra people that show up, as are the divers, for that matter, mm-hmm. for their one bit, and then they leave. Yeah. Um, 
and that's certainly like I hope they're getting paid well. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Like that's more people that you have to pay. Yeah. Um. For. Yeah, and this, for what it's worth, did not feel like a show that was trying to spare expenses. No. I would say the production value overall was fairly high. Um, I enjoyed the scenic design. Mm-hmm. Again, it's kind of like cartoony, but um, it wasn't completely bare. It wasn't overly detailed, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a completely bare stage. Although, uh, both of those... Things have their place yes, in production. Valid artistic choices in certain cases. Um, it set the scene of it's mm-hmm. in the country. I'm not really sure what year we're in because the women are wearing um, like Dukes. Dukes. They're all wearing, Daisy but the Dukes. sheriff's wearing this long, like 19th century kind of uh, West. Sh- the sheriff is a woman skirt. Yes, like, although the sheriff in this production was a woman. The trailers had a man playing that role. Mm-hmm. Um, I specifically know because I was I realized it when I was watching them again, and there's a scene where a guy's pants are on fire, um, and the fire failed in our production, and I was very sad about that, mm-hmm. but it was the sheriff goes into an outhouse, and they throw a dynamite in the outhouse, and it explodes, and the sheriff runs around with their pants on fire, which is a great visual gag. Like, no problem. I love it. The fire didn't work, so the sheriff was just running around like a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that, and you can see the pyro gel on the back of their pants. <laughs> I miss that. I miss that. It was mostly like I was trying to figure out, having seen the trailer numerous times on things, I had seen that particular scene where the fire was, and I was trying to figure out, like, what would cause this situation. So when it happened in the show, I was looking for it. You didn't notice the lack of fire because you weren't looking for fire. I thought that the effect had failed, like, because they put a stick of dynamite into the outhouse, and the outhouse uh, explodes, explodes in quotation marks. It really just, the sides of it fall off. Um, And it didn't, it didn't, there was no kind of explosion. The dynamite fire was still um, visible visible after the walls had fallen down. So I was like, okay, something in that effect didn't go didn't go right (laughs) that Um, is also true but it also included the sheriff's pants not being on fire yeah um also again it was the only time when the sheriff character was wearing pants rather than the long skirt uh, that you mentioned but uh i thought it was cool that they had a woman playing that role i thought she was one of the best ones out there too i think she was a great Um, performer she's a great performer um Good acting mm-hmm. for given level of acting meeting, required meeting of the, needs of the, the, role. Of the show. Um, her accent didn't annoy me. <laughs> Southern accents often <laughs> annoy me because the actors get them wrong. Yes. Um, do I have that? That was my thought okay. about, about the sheriff. We, we know the show is structurally very um, there, but something that was weird to me, and I don't know how much of this is or isn't the case, but one of the things that was advertising this particular Christmas production was that it was an all-new show. You know, mm-hmm. you can come and see things you've never seen before. And part of me wondered, like, how much of this is new? 
Like what mm-hmm. qualifies it as own? Like a lot of the a lot of the various uh, groaners, the corny jokes, you can sub in and out. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But like the water show, like you've got a stage built to do this thing. You're gonna mm-hmm. do this thing more or less exactly the same way. And like, sure, they sang some Christmas songs, but like, barring the Christmas songs and the appearance of Santa in a prologue. And I guess the end. The story of this show could have been 100% not Christmas based. Yes. And so I wonder how much of it is brand new versus like the standard show that they always do. Yep. Um, structurally. I, that was just a thing that I was thinking about when I was watching it. Because um, like they start off with. Uh, there's the pig beauty contest, and they bring a pig on stage, and it's the cutest pig, and they both claim it, and that starts the feud, or restarts the feud, um, and so that's why they hate each other, and that's... Well, it's not why they hate each other. It's never, it's never even broached what the history of the family is and why there's a feud. No, this point does not care about the actual history and that's of the McCoys and the... the that's athletes. fine. Absolutely. I don't necessarily want this show to do that. That was one of the questions I had coming in. Knowing that this feud started in the Civil War era, my question was like, okay, how racist is it going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer was very little, which is fine. Very little's a good amount. <laughs> they they avoided the Civil War. Yeah. So that that's probably a good sign. Yeah. In the sort of putting it in, in that sort of timeless space of, you know, the cartoons. It was a cartoon um, version of the Hatfield and McCoys. Uh, I mean, it's also not clear where it's set. Uh, I'm going to guess Appalachia because that's where we are. Mm-hmm. And then all the references to Moonshine. Mm-hmm. But is it Tennessee? Is it West Virginia? Could be anywhere. Is it just down south? Like, yeah. Um, it's probably not in New England. It's probably not in New England. Or Albuquerque. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's how... It starts. Mm-hmm. Then there's the stranger comes to town and says, "This is best moonshine." I'm gonna Where, buy it. I'm gonna buy it, but uh, I'm only gonna buy it from one of you. Mm-hmm. So that's where they're fighting over the water rights to yeah. the river, and then you have the diving extravaganza, mm-hmm. and they they wrap up the Very moonshine part halfway through. <laughs> Then they're going with story, their B storyline, mm-hmm. which is a star-crossed lovers. Yeah, which sort is of. real underdeveloped. Uh-huh. I barely know who these characters are, let alone why they love each other. But uh, they get a song, and then we get a second song with uh, Ma and Pa of the respective clans who mm-hmm. also like each other. That's not as overt as the young couple. No, that... it's not as explicit, but it's it's implied. It is implied. Um, we also get the girl power song. Yep, that was interesting. What a what a weird choice. Like dramaturgically, it was weird. <laughs> also, uh, the song itself was fine. Ouch. 
Felicity. What I found fascinating is the two girl power women they kept referencing in the chorus, like the closest they could get to like a strong woman role model, were Mrs. Claus and Betsy Ross. Yep. And... Like, on the one hand, the show, in sort of these ways we've been talking about, is trying to be as apolitical as it possibly can. Mm -hmm. But then you're also going to do an explicitly feminist song. But also you have to pull back from any meaningfulness of it. Everybody could get on board with this song. Yeah, everyone loves Mrs. Claus, and Betsy Ross made the flag. And there's... No other non-problematic historical women we can think of <laughs> that won't make someone mad if we name Well, when them. you think of, like, feminist icons, you, you think of Mrs. Claus yeah. as really She's forging the power a path. behind the sleigh, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what you think. <laughs> Betsy Ross is also a bit of a stretch, but not as much... <laughs> Of a stretch. <laughs> Mrs. Claus is a bigger stretch. I did appreciate, though, there's a lot of fighting because it's half film, of course, yeah. um, that the women fought just as hard as the men, and they fought mm-hmm. with, with men. Yeah. So. I, you know. I did. I appreciated. <laughs> they were throwing punches yeah. and, and. And whacking people um, with big sticks. And yeah. So. Give them as good as they can take Weren't weren't dainty. Hatfield and McCoy dinner theater feud show, feminist icon. Sure. <laughs> as long as you're okay with all of them wearing Daisy Dukes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They and were. big socks. Didn't notice the big socks. Uh, they were all wearing thigh high socks. Uh, or boots. One of them had boots on, but it was you could only see the you know the top band of the thigh. That's the the only safe part of a woman to look at. <laughs> I don't know. I was just that was what I was thinking about. It's like, okay, we've got I don't want to say scantily clad women because they were not, but you know, Daisy Dukes are meant to be very short and to show off one's legs and posterior. And so then to also have to counter that by putting on long socks to go up past your knees. I don't think that was a modesty thing. I think that's just a style choice. I don't I don't know that it was explicitly a modesty thing, but it felt like I mean it felt like a modesty thing, not from on the part of the characters, but on the part of keeping the show quote unquote family friendly. When and we haven't really dissected what does it mean to be a family friendly show? I don't think I would say this isn't a family-friendly show, but what does it mean to the people making it? <laughs> what does that that's, mean? That's fair. That's um, fair. I uh, did write down, right before or right after the Girl Power song, um, one of the women says, really, a uh, uh, line that opens the show up for all sorts of queer reading that boys aren't smart enough to be girls. <laughs> and I wrote that down. I was like, I don't think that means what you think it means. Yeah. <laughs> they were smarter, they would just be girls. They could be. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It didn't it didn't explore that. No, no, it was a punchline. And then we got the so the the third it wasn't the third in order, but the the next showpiece we didn't talk about was the stomp scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. I got a little Broadway. <laughs> In my Tennessee show. The show just became stomp for a scene. Yeah, it did. <laughs> we brought out trash cans and we hit them with sticks. Yep, yep. You know. All percussion, making our own percussive music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well done. Accomplished. They did what they wanted to. It worked. It doesn't just... make, like, it, it doesn't <laughs> add to the plot, make sense in the plot. <laughs> it's what adds to it kind of being a, this variety show. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, the one thing that did happen that I, I, um, I think I mentioned to you that I predicted it would be is we'd have the whole show and then we'd get the true meaning of Christmas at the very end, Mm -hmm. which we absolutely did. Um, which again, not surprising for the show and the audience. And it's like, it's all about Jesus. Remember that three Wise Men, Manger, Baby Jesus, Christmas. Yeah, but it went by real quick. I mean, it was small. It wasn't like an overly big thing. Um, what I found fascinating was like, you've done, you've just done this entire show that is um, what I would call, for lack of a better term, campy. Mm-hmm. And then you have this like sudden twist into deep sincerity, and then you have to go back to campy. Like you can't. It's it's a total whiplash, but you also, like, if you did that same thing with the same level of camp that everything else was done, people would get mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That same irreverence of, like, this is all a big cartoon, um, which I thought was an interesting moment of, like, we have to flip the switch from camp to sincerity and then back as we all sing... All I Want for Christmas is You, which is still weird to me that that's become like a Christmas classic. I mean, it's 30 years old, it's fine, but like, how did that happen? I don't know. And that closes out the show. That closes out the show. All I Want for Christmas. And then you would go to the gift shop and buy gifts. Or if you're like us, you just go straight outside and take a selfie. Yeah, selfies are good too. Um, I do appreciate that I thought it was funny without making fun of Appalachian people. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of the comedy about Appalachian people is class-based in Absolutely. a bad way. Yes. Um, it's also assumed to be all white, and so mm-hmm. it gets into some racism problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did appreciate it was comedy without making them seem dumb or backwards. Minus the one character. Minus the one character who was... Yeah. Probably the most problematic part of the show. Not too bad. I I was, like, girding my loins for this show. (laughs) I was worried how racist it was going to be and what kind of um, problematic stereotypes Mm -hmm. that they would employ. And I was mostly pleasantly... Surprised. They managed to avoid all of Managed. Them. No mention of the Confederacy. Um, <laughs> yeah. We didn't need to mention the Confederacy. It was okay. No. No. Not. 
Any other thoughts? Any other thoughts? Mm, I like that. Um, I thought it was interesting. I think what sold you on this show was seeing the commercial for it. Because mm-hmm. we kind of been talking about going to see the Dixie Stampede. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it looked like from their commercial, it kind of looked like it was more in a living nativity esque. Yeah. Space, which is not interesting. No, I've seen living nativities. They're fine, but um, they're all the same. With horses and camels. Yeah. Um, but the commercial, this one interested. It was you. it was more interesting, yeah. 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 Although the Dolly Parton Stampede commercial did have living toys as well. Yeah. yeah. And that was kind of creepy, so. <laughs> Maybe when it's not Christmas, yeah. we can see. Um, the Dolly Parton Stampede show. Yeah, it's a Dixie Stampede, so my expectations that there may be some ra- racism are also my little red lights are. Yeah, I mean, look, Pigeon Forge is also home to a Trump store. Yeah, I mean, so, it's East Tennessee. Yeah, it's... you you know what to expect. It is it is a complex place full of lots of people with a wide variety of opinions, um, but there are also certainly some dominant strains it is interesting that in the setup i they had a lot of two two top tables Mm -hmm. so it's not just for people with kids yeah um they had lots of of room and availability for couples like us to come see dinner in the show get out of town for a weekend and I think Pigeon Forge, based on the number of wedding chapels <laughs> and the fact that there was a heart-shaped tub in our living room, <laughs> that it might be a place where couples come to honeymoon. Yeah, I could easily see that. Um, which I don't think is true of Myrtle Beach. So maybe there's an element of the Las Vegas. Yeah. Mount- there's no casinos. There's no casinos in. Um, yeah. But you know what Vegas doesn't have? Alpine coasters. Yeah. Well, not that I know of. They have regular. Where would they go? There's, it's flat. <laughs> well, they have roller coasters. Yeah, it's not the same. Oh, okay. It's an alpine coaster where you control the brakes. You go as fast or slow as you want. Yeah, an alpine coaster is an open air. An open. They're all open air. <laughs> You're in one car by yourself or oh. with another person. Um. And you have a handbrake where you on can the control. the side of the mountain. <laughs> and you go down the side of the mountain. Yeah. And the one near our cabin had goats on the roof yep. of... The building. Of the building. For reasons <laughs> that remain unclear. <laughs> but you could feed the goats. Yeah. And... It was... It's mem- we will remember that place. I will never forget place. goats on the roof. It is, uh, it is in my brain. Yep. Yep. So, um, it was basically what I expected Mm -hmm. in a pleasant way. Mm -hmm. I felt entertained. Um, the tickets are... Pricey. Well, I mean, it's all relative. It's not like Disney World pricey. No. But, um, for the price to pay all of those performers and to run that Mm-hmm. size production um the ticket price actually seems low to me fair fair 
Um, that's why they got to use powdered soup. <laughs> In a graph. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the waiters are walking around with two or three of them so they can fill bowls faster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and people were getting refills yeah. on, on the soup. Um, yeah. I list. guess I guess that's fair. You know, it's for the quality of show and the amount of effort that is being put out. You gotta pay those rope spinners. You better be for thirty those rope seconds spinners. of performance. <laughs> if you got dogs, that means you got dog handlers yeah. and dog trainers that pig. you gotta pay. Yep, there was a pig. It's a very cute pig. Um. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There weren't a lot of kids in our audience, uh, yeah. but it seems like something. I mean, it's is... definitely geared towards bring your kids to, yeah. to do. Which always makes me wonder, of, like, how young of kids, uh, like, the family that was in front of us, that I spent a lot of time watching that family <laughs> during the performance. The um, and the mom said she had, they, they had... It was it was a, a couple and a parent, a father, mm-hmm. grandfather, and three little kids. Yeah. And the mom was saying to one of them, like, oh, the last time we were here at this show, you were a baby. <laughs> and so I wondered how. That's, that's pretty young. Yeah. I think a baby might be too young to comprehend. Well, probably doesn't understand. Yeah. But... It can it can just stay and be quiet and be there so the parents can can go. Yeah. Um, ouch! Oh, my cat is using me as a scratcher today. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I believe that is all for now. Okay. You want to tell them about our Patreon? Yeah, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash five degrees. You support us on a per episode basis. You can put a monthly cap on the number of episodes that you support. And there are two perks. One is you get a list of movies that we didn't watch. Because normally this podcast is about movies, not this time. It's but, about the stuff we watch. But normally. Um, and the second perk is that you get the super duper unedited episode from the moment we turn the mic on to the moment we turn it off. And... Yeah. Bonus audio. Yeah. We We're, talk to and about our cat. That's, that's mostly it. Yeah. Um, we thank you for listening. Please rate us and review us on your favorite podcatcher. And I think... Tell your friends about us. Tell your friends about us. Tell your enemies about us. Ooh. Does that mean it's punishment to listen to us? No, I just want you to tell everybody. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're not trying to punish your enemies by listening to us. I don't think that's what I was saying. Maybe. Not intentionally. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well... Say goodnight, Amy. Goodnight, Amy.